Okay, ladies and gents, welcome to episode 20. We are now, um, you know, on our second guest um, with regards to Antonio Fida, who is the founder of Nutter Max Training. Today, we're going to basically hand over to Antonio to introduce himself and also give you a little bit more of an insight in terms of what Nutter Max Training is all about, how it was founded, um, you know, in terms of why it was founded, Antonio's background, um, you know, just to give people a little bit more of a gist in terms of what it's all about. Now, Nutter Max Training is something that I'm passionate about. I am a black belt in the art itself. Um, I'm based in Nutter Leicester um, at Total Combat Academy. And, you know, I fell in love with it as soon as I was introduced to Antonio Fida. But be, before we carry on, without further ado, um, I would like to introduce Antonio Fida, who is joining us all the way from the lovely island of Sardinia. Hello, Antonio. And welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. What a great introduction that was. Hello, guys. Hello, everyone that is listening to us. And uh, thank you, Ars, for having me. And uh, listen. Back. Yeah. We are definitely going to get back into your story because I was fully in love with it. Uh, and so let's wrap it up yep. and bring it all together. Now, what about me? I'm 48 years old. I'm old now, but not that, not that old, you know, if you know what I mean. I'm keeping healthy and strong. Martial arts has given me a way of life which I will forever follow follow it you know so the question is this what is nuda nuda is literally uh, a martial arts training system that evolves from boxing based racking art supercharged with limb distractions and unorthodox attacks what does that mean you know it has a strong background in uh Whatever Bruce Lee uh, thought that Jiu-Jitsu might have become, and uh, there is a strong influence in Filipino martial arts and Southeast, Southeast Asia martial arts. Uh, but I moved away from strictly what it was because I just fell in love with the reality of mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts basically is mixed martial arts and. Uh, over there, you can't just make assumptions or theories about what works and what doesn't. You, you know, it is what it is. That's Max always, isn't it? You get in there and you, you know, give your best. And when you give your best, sometimes it's not enough. You know, what's enough? Uh, it's a mixture of things. It's evolution in terms of combat and techniques and, and everything else. But at the same time, it's also, you know, science, meaning nutrition, meaning conditioning, is just everything. So I think Bruce Lee hit the, hit the hotspot. You know, it was right, but at the same time, it was never 
uh, allowed to develop a full system because he died. And when he died, he you know was old, 33 years old. Do, do you the think, fucking mess is. Do Do you think Bruce Lee was the first founder of MMA in in terms of what he was doing with Jeet Kune Do? I think this is what Dana White says. He's got a big uh, phrase in his wall and all that. But I think uh, the very first founders of MMA uh, are Mark Air. You know Mark Air? Mark Air was a beast. It was one of the very first uh, Valetudo, which means anything goes fighters mm. in, in, in Brazil. Yep. You know, the Brazilian really push that anything goes uh, mentality what happened is as you progress and you try to make sense of everything that everybody was uh, I, I don't know it's a mess because listen at the end of the day if you push it to the limit the human body's got a limit yeah Bruce Lee in principle in theory kind of managed to um, lay the, the foundation of the theory behind mixed martial arts. Yeah. Now, I don't know if I have any sense here, but he was a big-time thinker. You know, he was a philosopher. Mm. Uh, he, you know, he brought together the Eastern and Western mentality uh, and, and, and just be, basically decided that you could grasp the best art of any art, make it your own, and develop your own unique system. Now, that's great, which in essence is what mixed martial arts is today. Yeah. But how long did it take for mixed martial arts to become what it is right now? I mean, if I'm guessing, it's about 25 years. I think to hit the stage in terms of how popular it is with um, a lot of people, I mean, nowadays you mentioned the likes of Conor McGregor and a few of the names that are really kind of um, are prevalent out there. A lot of young people know that name now. Um, but yeah, I agree in terms of when UFC 1 was out there. Prior to that, you had Strike Force, you had um, you know, a few of the other um, organizations that were predominantly in like K1 kickboxing and stuff like the, um, Mark Hunt and Ray Seifu and um, you know, the likes of those guys, um, Jerome Lebanon. Um, so I think there was quite a few elements of MMA there, but I think to, to mix it all up, I think, yeah, you're right, about 25 years before it's become as big as it is now. And I think MMA has now overtaken boxing, in my opinion. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Absolutely. No, no, listen. This is, I'm, I'm gonna get uh, let less less uh okay, so for example, right a couple of things that are making MMA is the calf kicks, which yep. is fucking hell. Yeah, nobody knows what to do about it. The other the other big thing is switching leads. It means I'm going for South Pole yep. to do you know dance and so forth. So and I'm doing the calf kicks. Okay, good. Now these, as far as Jeet Kundo is concerned, are considered oh yeah, we used to do that twenty five years ago. Yeah. Of course. Okay. Now how long did it take to make that functional? It's twenty five years. 
which means somebody 25 years ago had the same idea, but it took 25 years to make it functional. Yeah. And do you know why? Because somebody 25 years ago, that would be voice graces or, or, or all the grappling masters in, in Brazil. Yeah. You know, everybody by storm, by taking everybody on the ground because mm. nobody would know what to do. On yeah. Now everybody knows how to stand. Now everybody knows how to kind of counter the ground. Now everybody knows how to fucking do the fucking lot. So somebody just went, oh, do you know what? I'm going to cast the shit out of you. What are you going to do about it? Not much. Now, everybody is now going into this hype. Yeah. Now, Bruce Lee was groundbreaking in this sense. He was anticipating anything, meaning, okay, the kick, let's focus on that. Let's make it our own, but let's not get married to it. Let's not get too obsessed with it because after that, somebody else will come up. And this is the mentality we all have to have. However, before you move into the next thing, let's master the fucking Kafka. So, there are no other two fronts. Would you say, with regards to the calf kick becoming so common now we had the likes of anderson silva chris weidman and conor mcgregor that have um, had some horrific injuries by throwing those types of kicks do you, do you think the calf kick is quite particular in terms of the skill set required to throw a calf kick in comparison to a muay thai leg kick um would you say there's a distinctive difference in terms of how that would be thrown and obviously you know the, the risk of hitting the knee for instance um would you say that's actually factual or do you think it's just um the way the the cookie crumbles do you know what? I love that question because that means you are a mature martial artist, which makes me proud because you're asking. <laughs> I love that. That's a quite challenging one. But I tell you what, the calf kick yep. is there. In Muay Thai, everybody used to go for the thighs. Why? Softer. Brilliant. <laughs> and they thought, I hit the big muscle and I fucked him up. Now, somebody out there decided that actually, if I hit the smaller muscle, I'll fuck him up more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things. And so now they have to decide what's the best counter out of the house. Yeah. Which means they're going to have to find. The counter to that and the answer to that. And now, it, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it, 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 you know, somebody will come out with the right idea. Then combat will evolve even further. And the calf kick will become something which is going to be classed as an essential skill to have. Yeah which you want to really be aware about just as much as the roundhouse Muay Thai kick yep. and a triangle choke and everything else. And this is how combat will evolve. Hmm. Now, if you're asking me, 
is the calf kick something that we have to worry about forever the same way we do about right now i say no yeah but it's to do with one thing it's always with timing yeah. but it but it by the time we figure out what's the best way to counter the calf kick what we're going to decide to do is what how to time the best technique to counter the calf kick in the fastest and most effective way possible so that we can carry on fighting yeah okay okay that, that, yeah that, that answered the question in terms of the, the calf kick itself now with regards to you mentioning your jkd um a little bit of history behind um your experience with jkd um wh when you came to um the uk from sardinia um tell us your story in terms of how you got started in your martial arts um in the uk because i know i know this story but um for the listeners that don't know too much about your backgrounds um can you can you give everyone an idea in terms of how you started tell us share those stories that we kind of chuckle over when we have a few ales Uh, yeah, it kind of happened by chance. I, okay, I think I was about 20 years old, 22, 22 years old, and decided that I wanted to start again in martial arts. Prior to that, I had some uh, Shotokan karate experience and some boxing experience, but uh, my family, unfortunately, never wanted me to get involved boxing too much because it was a little bit too rough and all that anyway so i started in karate and i i did pretty well you know karate was pretty good we all were the gi everybody was very respectful the uh, discipline improved in, in the family as well so my mom was like yeah keep going in there because since you've been there, you've been a good boy, which I wasn't, but I just, I didn't have a choice because if I wasn't a good boy, my my, my karate teacher made me do like 100 press-ups every time. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, however, the problem that I had with karate was that, you know, I, I didn't find him to be, I don't know, hands-on as much as I wanted it to be. So I took a little break from combat sports and martial arts until I was about 20, 23, I mean. Or, and then I, that, that, there was a guy in Sardinia that opened up a And uh, and I was like, yeah, let's give it another shot. You know, martial arts has always been something that I wanted to really work with. I always want to be uh, emulating Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee was a big-time hero back in the days. Yeah. And the guy that overtooled him, Jeet Kune Do, you know, uh, claimed to be the, the big man right here. So I just was like, oh, okay, let's, let's see what it's all about. And whether he was good or not, I'll tell you one thing. There was a sense of freedom we that, that I loved about it because... I would go in there and we would learn a little bit of boxing, a little bit of Muay Thai, a little bit of stick fighting, a little bit of my uh, uh, knife fighting, yeah. a little bit of grappling. 
And you know, and I was like, "Fucking hell!" I'm getting a sense of everything here, mm. and definitely, I'll, and I'm not getting bored. And so I just thought, you know what? You know, this is definitely something I want to carry on doing, eh? Because there is no limits, no limitations, and I can really fully express myself into the fighter I always wanted to become. Yeah. So that was the. First then, of course, uh, I decided, because this is the kind of guy I am, I want to always be the best in whatever I do. So I moved from Sardinia to England, which is when I decided to go to train in the very best Jeet Kune Do school uh, in Europe. Where, uh, that was back in the days in London. The, uh, the Broadway Academy. Um, I just went in there and was like, that, that's it. Uh, yeah. Bob, Bob Bobrin's name is out there in in terms of um, you know how long he's been involved in martial arts, but the, you know having the experience of training at Bobrin's Academy, um, what type of people did you actually come across in terms of you know um, people that you looked up to, people that kind of guided you in your journey? Um, was was there anyone in particular that assisted you in terms of falling in love with JKD? Uh, yeah, it's funny because it was falling. In love with Jikudo or JKD and falling out of love with it. Okay, so uh, let me understand. Let, let me explain this. Wisdom Fraser was my Muay Thai teacher. Yeah, he was uh, a heavyweight champion back there in in Europe. Uh, it was a big boy, and you know, I was like, oh, fucking love uh, Winston. And he told me Muay Thai. Mm. Then there was another guy that told me uh, uh, some sort of grappling. His, his name was Tony T. And he thought some kind of grappling in there. Let, 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 you know, bear this in mind. But that was back in the very earliest 2000s. Like, I'm talking about 6th January of 2000. And that was... 21 years ago, which means in Europe, there was fuck all when it came down to grappling. Now, this guy was already showing us something that we all thought, wow, that was spectacular. Mm. Uh, as far as Muay Thai is concerned, Wisdom was a, a legitimate uh, European champion, and he was as good as a uh, Muay Thai can get back then. Then there was Terry Barnett. Terry Barnett which ultimately became my ultimate inspiration uh, because, you know, I just loved the way he moved and he was so passionate about his Filipino boxing. So my main guy became himself other than Bob Breen because obviously uh, I just, I don't know. The, 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 the problem with Bob Breen was that he was uh, affected by a disease. He had a hips replacement he should, and he couldn't move much. But, uh, you know, I was always a very agile guy, very physical and in, in, in acrobatic. In, I just wanted to express myself yeah. a little better. And everything that Serge was showing, I, I could see myself, yeah, this is the way I wanted to go, if it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but it was a great place because, I have to be honest, I never trained in uh, a place before that demanded such a high standard. 
but a high standard was demanded by Terry. Not so much by Bob because he was accident because he had his own fucking issues with his hips, replacements and operations and surges and, uh, and all that. But Terry was always making sure that the standard was kept right high. And this is what I look up to. And so my main influence was Terry. And the main influence that Terry gave me was high standards, look for perfections, and make sure before you do anything else, make sure you can fucking box. Boxing was disaster. And because of Winston's as a Muay Thai teacher, I had both, best of both worlds. I learned how to box roughly well, and then I had a really great Muay Thai teacher. And the mentality was always open. You know, whatever works, it works. However, make sure that whatever you fucking do is to the best standard. Uh, and, uh, and, and this is it, you know, which I think is... I don't know. It makes sense to me, doesn't it? Yeah, I, th I think I think when people ask me in terms of what is Nodamax training, I, I kind of demonstrate it in terms of you need to have the building blocks of boxing uh, as having the foundations laid of boxing, Muay Thai, and some form of grappling. Um, and you know, with regards to not having that, you can't you can't learn Nodder, in my opinion. Um, and that's obviously you know learning from yourself um, and experiencing that. You know, your hands have to be in certain positions and stuff. I tell you this, I can see right now, right now, front in my eyes, there is a bunch of kids right here that are playing football. We all know that in Italy and probably in England, I mean, this is the fucking national game, isn't it? Mm. And now this game is just part of them. You know, these kids are playing football right in front of my eyes. Do you know what? They can all juggle the ball. Yeah. Okay. Can you juggle the ball and be a professional footballer? I was hoping. <laughs> if that's the case, well, I'm in the wrong job. <laughs> no, no, but what I mean is, you know, you look at a professional uh, footballer, mm. the one that are really making the, the money, can they juggle the ball? Of mm. course they can. Yeah. Okay. Is that the very main reason why they are professional footballers? No, it's not. Mm. Okay, so what are the errors components that, that comes into play? Okay, they juggle the ball, but they always dedicated to the craft. The craft. The craft is everything. Now, if you're doing martial arts, if you're doing boxing, if you're doing Muay Thai, there is. There needs to be a balance. There needs to be an element of everything, which means you can't just go one hundred percent full on trying to knock the fuck out of everybody. Pack take because note. Because Pack take note. Listen to the man. Listen to what he's telling you. <laughs> yeah. Listen. Uh, Pack take take notes. But I'm taking. I have I'm seen. Listening, I'm listening. Like no, no, but I, 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 no, I have seen you guys in actions and Park taking notes for a long time now. Now, of course, he goes strength because <clears throat> he's a big guy, he's strong. Of course, that that's his main element. But I've seen him ducking and slipping and moving away and you know playing with timing. Those are 
the things kind of you know referred to as you know the essential skills yeah. you know it's not just about not just about brute strength uh, beating the it's got about you know you're gonna gonna be, you need to be able to back the punch to slip the punch to do your bubble moving to do your box encounters yeah. to do your evasion and in between zone those elements you need to find the timing to do what counts which means hit the fucker doesn't yeah. make sense yeah and i think that's what gets people is that timing rather than just using brute strength is the timing element timing and accuracy beats speed and power every time exactly now when you are in a position where you can find the timing to do all that plus <coughs> the that fucker so hard they will never get up from the ground then there you go happy days that's your goal antonio i don't think you want to advise that to pat because then no one will come back to this session beside me <laughs> yeah we'll have no students you have no more students in this place if packs are sitting everyone hard they won't come back no but okay yeah that makes sense <laughs> however listen listen However, however, there will be a time where Park is going to be there as a leading man after arcs, and you're going to be kind of along those ranks, but you're going to be looking up beginners, and you're going to go, hey, listen, you want to take it easy with that guy, because otherwise you're going to knock him, knock yourself out. Do you know what the beginners are going to do? He's going to try to knock him out. Yeah. Just to prove a yeah. point. Yeah. Do you know what Park is going to do? Self-protection, man. Is yeah. We, we basically call someone like that the enforcer, that on the mats, the enforcer, the, the general that kind of maintains and keeps people kind of, um, you know, respectful in terms of that approach. And I always say to the guys that experience, I goes, look, at the end of the day, if you are a higher rank and you're beating up a white belt, what do you gain is you know you don't you shouldn't gain any satisfaction from that but if you want to challenge yourself you go up against the slightly more experienced guys and have a good spa and that's where you can up the ante a little bit listen harsh i'm gonna tell you something right now which is well you know me i don't give a shit but listen the problem with you know is this they created a superhero and his name was bruce lee and he fucking wasn't a superhero. He was just a guy who had an incredible uh, charisma, charming as fuck, and he had the, the body of a Greek god. However, he was not very tall, was it? It was 5.1, fucking 1, 1.5, fuck, I don't know, man. About, about the same height as Titch. Small. About the same height as Titch. <laughs> yeah, but thicker and you know it's very yeah listen kind of like that but less good looking but he had a six pack something like that he's describing but me the now. problem <laughs> now but listen bruce lee never fought anyone mm. but didn't he didn't he have that fight with the uh the shaolin monk didn't he have the fight with the uh the monk in the um I think it was in the late sixties. Didn't he have the uh, the one on one straightener with with the, with the monk because Is that they he did was paralyzed. They didn't want him to uh, teach uh, non Chinese, so he had that fight with that monk. That yeah, no. Who? 
Bruce Lee. Who was that? Bruce Lee. I don't think. Oh, <laughs> I don't. I really don't think he did. No. Uh, listen, I love. He's a legend. He's an icon. Hey, listen. He's like uh, this world wouldn't be as interesting. You know, it's a fucking fucked, isn't it? Like, it's it's a pop culture icon. But yeah. as far as far as combat training combat training is concerned uh he really didn't do much and listen i am a black belt in jeet kundo i'm a fucking whatever the fuck guru in jeet kundo and i listen i moved away from jeet kundo now completely i love the mentality i love the open-mindedness about training but let's face it if you can get a, your hands as a teacher on a guy, make him really stand out after six months of training, something is wrong, whatever you want. In six months, somebody comes to your gym that is training in martial arts, should be way above superior to a guy, especially if it's the same height, same weight, that attacks him on the street, should be able to completely destroy him, annihilate him. Mm. But if you follow step by step the Jeet Kune Do syllabus, you'll be there hanging 20 years and you'll be still fucking, you know, deluding yourself. Oh yeah, but it's, you're gonna hang out a little longer and I'm gonna be able to apply the secret the speed and this, I, I don't know, it's a waste of time. So do, I, I'm not saying, do, do you think that's what made you kind of go into the elements of exploring Nordamax training, you know, finding your own way, um, creating your own blueprint in terms of what works for the 21st century? Yes, because at the end of the day, it's all about less is more. Mm. Less is more. And the, you know, which whatever is, you learn. The less is more in terms of what's been pressure tested in terms of, um, you know, applying what you've uh, what you've got on the syllabus, etc. And would you, would you say that there's areas that you're still kind of evolving, you know, the more and more you pressure test it in the likes of, um, you know, MMA, you know, that's the, the, the Filipino martial arts is obviously the cherry on top with regards to um, Nodamax training. I still believe in limb destruction because limb, limb destruction is lethal. And if you get caught by one of those, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and I, I think the perfect example is, you know, is the big man right there. Pop. Yeah. Did yeah. you get a limb by accident? That was done by accident. However, did you feel it in your bicep? Yeah. Yeah. The first one was um, is uh, his... His hook, he, he, his he hook. Ca he cowered up in it. Did yeah, he he, uh, he covered up with his um, he covered up with his left or right arm. I think it was his right arm. Sorry, yeah, because I threw a left hook at him. Um, he was a big guy, and when he's covered up, my bicep has hit him directly in his elbow. So all my force has hit him uh, directly in his elbow with my bicep, and my bicep just completely ripped so off. It's limb destruction. So limb destruction. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Parks, but listen to me right now. I'm going to go a little bit philosophical. You know me. I'm fucking like that. But you know me. I, I will make sense in the end. Now, listen to me. You know, there is a big hype 
about something that is called the law of attraction. Law, law of attraction, yeah. You know, which is meaning you visualize something, then it will happen, okay? Right. Now, I think that's all bullshit. But there is a big, there is a big uh, business behind it, which means people are willing to spend a lot of money so that they will learn how to attract wealth and richness into their life just by visualizing. Are you with me? Yeah. Now, if you start training in the Filipino martial arts in the years, blah, 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 they're going to tell you all you have to do is use your limb destruction and you will destroy somebody's arm they will never gonna be able to punch you as hard and then you will win the fight because they're just gonna fuck their arms out and that is it. Mm. Okay, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, logically, makes sense. That makes sense and now here's the proof. Park got his fucking arms fucked by somebody that because he was covering up literally managed to land his elbow into his biceps and that was it yeah. now how are we going to decide that um, what I mean is it's not going to become a low so everybody every time somebody's going to swing his punch you can fucking bring that arm into somebody's bicep and break his arm mm. how often is that going to happen it's not going to happen every time because you know it's not it's potluck at times i think that's what happened there is unfortunate that it happened to pack but i think the, the proof is there in terms of limb destruction is not that kind of don't get married to a technique because it doesn't always work it's similar to a cross right. oh, now that's the real teaching that you will have to give to people which means listen you want to learn this but you don't want to over-rely on that. Yes, yeah. What you want to do is make it your own and make sure that it's there. However, how many times a good sleep and a ducking and evasion and bobbing and weaving is going to save the day? Yeah, absolutely. The fundamental. Out of yeah. See what I mean? Mm. So you make sure you got your fundamental and then you leave distraction. It's just something extra. Then it happens probably out of instinct however when it does happen fucking he's gonna fuck somebody's arms up yeah. does that make sense of course definitely now what now imagine somebody that's got a great timing into the whole uh evasions mm. and blocks encounter he also has got a great limb destruction timing and he's going to bring it all together, of course his chances are going to increase. He's going to be able to place that limb distraction and really going to be able to fuck somebody's arm a little bit more often than somebody that doesn't focus on it just as much. Mm. So, okay, great. But you don't want to rely or over-rely on that because otherwise you're going to miss the whole fucking point of combat, which is everything else. 
everything else can happen. So when you're over-focusing on something, you're going to miss the whole, uh, you know, the whole spectrum of combat. So if I'm only focusing on avoiding getting punched, I might get punched just because I'm overthinking about that. If I'm focusing just on attacking and I'm not focusing enough on my defense, then what happens is the minute that I find somebody just as strong as I am on attacks, hmm. he's going to be knocking me out only because he's stronger than me. Now, if I am strong and he's strong, and we are both equally strong, but I've got a best uh, or a better, I might add, defensing technique, probably I've got the edge because I can also defend, not just attack. Yeah. Okay, so, got the attack, I've got the defense. Now, I've got the attack, I've got the defense, and guess what? I also got this limb destruction thing. It might take you by surprise, then that's another route. But if I only go in thinking I'm going to just fuck your arms up because I know that if I pull my elbows up, you're just going to punch me and I'm going to fuck up your elbows. It's a very limited strategy, isn't it? Yeah. You're relying on something that isn't always going to work. Exactly. So you want to have it. You want to know it. You want to master it. You want this to become your speciality because it's, it's no let's face it not many people use it mm. but you don't want to over rely on it yes you know that that is it i'm all i'm talking is you know let's let's be you know mature martial arts mm. you don't want to get married to anything be like this yeah five years ago everybody in bjj was calling god Oh, I do BJJ. I put you on my guard, and from there, I do everything else. You know, BJJ fighters these days, they're just going, you know, the guard, you're going to be able to move on from it. I think you want to learn how to sweep. You want to learn the butterfly. You want to learn how to dominate from the top. You don't want to be on the bottom on the time. Why is that? Because the, the game has evolved so much, they, you just don't want to be on your on the grind all the time. And that's just because the game has evolved. Everything keeps on evolving. And the more the game evolves, the less you want to get trapped into dogmas and things that have been uh, groundbreaking, I don't know, five years ago? Yeah. Everything that was groundbreaking five years ago is it, not groundbreaking anymore. And I love that. So somebody said, "Sorry." No, I was going to say, in in terms of um, Nordamax training, in terms of the things that you've been doing during the pandemic, the evolution of the art itself. You know, you've introduced the weaponry elements as well, which you're working on. And the only reason I know that is because I get I get to catch up with Antonio on a regular basis. Um, you know, with with regards to the um, the elements of the two swords, Kelly Redman. Um, you, you're looking at getting something online with that as well. In terms of your approach of doing seminars where people can learn Nodamax training from you to actually get an idea of what you're talking about with regards to the limb destruction side of things, 
are you going to be moving more online or are you still going to be doing the seminars? Um, can people get in touch um, to actually access the material that you've actually been developing? Uh, I, well, I'm going to go online because it's great what happens online these days because, you know, uh, because of the pandemic, the technology has evolved. And technology is always improved because of, you know, all the major technologies we have in life have improved because of struggles. So whatever you have a, a war, we have a better technology afterward. The technology that grew out of COVID is because, for example, Zoom has become an amazing platform uh, for online teaching and training. And you know, there, there is so many great tools that you can utilize to really break down the materials and, and, and teach people thoroughly. Yeah. Now, of course, this will never be a, uh, the perfect substitute to physical training because when you do online uh, training, you can only have a 2D visuals. Yes. Uh, even if it's 3D, it's not going to be as much as, you know, when you feel somebody's energy in your own body, then not only visualize what you need to learn, but you also feel it in your own body. So, uh, you know, online training has got that limitation, but it's definitely much better than it used to be yeah. uh, which means buy the DVD you watch my lesson and that is it with uh, with the technology they have today you can visualize the lesson and also have one-on-one uh, -on -one training with your teacher there and then to really break down the material that you have covered previously uh, which is an upgrade now uh, if you ask me What's the best way to learn martial arts is best of both worlds would be to have both. Yeah. Uh, now, Kali Radman, Weapon Ray, uh, I'll tell you what, what it is. If you learn the weapons, the, the thing with weapons is this. If you get, if you get hit by a weapon, uh, you're literally fucked. If you get hit by a punch, you can take it. Yeah. Uh, and if you get hit by a combination of punches, you might be able to absorb one and block the rest and place, I don't know, maybe a limb destruction in between. Mm. Now, when it comes to weaponry, you better not get hit at all. Yeah. It's like you only get one chance, don't you? Exactly. So when you really want to learn how to deal with weapons, is what you want to learn is avoid getting hit at all, at all costs. And then when you place one, is the best choice you give, and the guy is really getting, is going to get hurt. So weaponry is, if I get in a confrontation on the street, let's put it like that. And we're talking weapon, and I've got a weapon, I'm, in, I'm totally in control. There is no 
chance that I'm going to get out of the situation uh, as a loser. Unless, I don't know, I sleep on a fucking banana skin and I hit my head on the ground and, I'll, and I knock myself out cold and the gun is going to stab me in the chest after that. And then, of course, that's obviously very unfortunate. Mm. But if I had to face somebody with a weapon on the street and I'm the... You know the, the the big guy there, and then the master. The guy's fucked. Yeah, that's how confident I am of my uh, superiority when it comes down to weaponry. When he's when it comes down to heavy hands, I can get punched. He can get punched. Uh, you know, it's just about it's it's a bit different, isn't it? He he he, he can take it. I can take it. He, he's a bit younger. He's a bit stronger. Uh, I don't know. It might be high on drugs, whatever the fuck. There are many factors that, that comes into place. When it comes to weaponry, there are no factors. You either are superior or you're not. So, so that leads me on to my so, next question with regards to, okay, teaching martial arts. Initially, Nodamax training, did you develop it for the street or did you develop it for competitive sports or did you develop it for both? I think I think in the beginning I was developing. Okay, this is the thing. I love the que- I, I love this question because he answered all the all the questions and at the same time, <coughs> he doesn't answer them all. <laughs> Which listen, we are in the street. It is true. There are no referees and there are no rules, and anything that anything can happen. And somebody that trains in martial arts for self-defense can go, but you see, we have to be ready for everything. Okay. Now, if you train combat sports, it is true, there is a referee, and you are in there, and there are a set of rules, but I have never been in a strict encounter that is going to be that is ever be as as harsh and as long as uh, a I don't know five minutes round doing MMA, yeah. which literally okay. Oh, but they can't kick you. Well, good luck trying to keep some to kick somebody in the groin in the street if they know what they're doing. Do you see what I mean? Uh, I don't know. So I think. When I first started developing Nuda, uh, that was a very young me thinking that I had something really special to give out to the world. That really changed the martial arts spectrum just because I was alive. And I thought I really embraced the Bruce Lee mentality and the Bruce Lee philosophy. And right now that I'm a lot more mature, I still think that I have a lot to give. However, I will humble myself to say, having have having tasted both the streets and the combat sports, uh, you know, I can only give my own angle. You know, I've got an angle here. I, I can teach you this, and this I think will make some kind of difference. Uh, as long as you got a strong foundation and everything else. Uh, so Nuda right now is uh, is a lot more mature in terms of perspective uh, because I don't have the 
uh, arrogance to say I've got something that has never been done before. I've just got a you know a nice angle, which I believe is is a great angle if I my yard, and and uh, and but it that it doesn't have all the answer. However, because it's a great cross training system, which means it it includes weaponry. They also has analyzed uh, the MPS both under a combat sport uh, environment and a street environment, which I also have. I also have tasted an all-rounded, um, I don't know, vision about combat. Now, this is where I come from. There is only one thing that I know. I can always teach somebody that knows less than me. If you know less than me, I've got something to give you. If you come to me and you know more than me, then we can sit down and decide, hey, listen, do you need more structure, which is something I always be able to give? Are you structured enough despite your knowledge? Or are you here wasting your time? Because if anyone comes to me, they know more than me. I'm not wasting my time or their time. Yeah. But I tell you one thing: anyone that comes to me, they always live with a better structure, because most people training don't have a structure. Yeah. They always they always get there by I don't know by luck, by chance, by because they are genetically gifted and this and that. But sometimes it's not enough. You want to have a method. When you have a good method, you progress throughout your martial arts life. If you don't have a method, then I might be able to teach you. Yeah. Then from there, you know, there you go. I think that sums it up perfectly in terms of, I think one of the things that resonates with me quite a lot is um, one of the things that you said is teacher doesn't find a student the student finds a teacher and that's based on the kind of relationship that you develop in terms of personality the way it's presented the analogies used you know um and you know not not replicating what your instructors like so i think what made me get on with you is the way you taught and the analogies you used would kind of sit with me and think hold on that makes complete sense he's not talking you know in riddles and all the rest of it for me to work out if i have a question i can ask you and you know i get an understanding you know there's there's obviously times where i would look at it and go how the fuck did he move from there to there and then back there effortlessly and you know it, it doesn't happen unless you train it hey listen i only know one thing if i'm in the same uh, room with my teacher and he's trying to teach me something uh Okay, maybe I'm gonna. Oh, I know this already, but I still listen. Yeah, I still listen because am I gonna say, hey, it's gonna, am I gonna say something that I didn't hear before, or am I might catch, uh, hey, a shade of a detail that I never understood before? And if none of that happens, am I just, I just go, listen, he's my teacher. And I'm gonna to listen to him anyway, mm. out of respect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I just, okay. Maybe I'll just become a better fucking listener. Mm. Now, if I gonna spar, let's say with you, or or Puck, and I just go, 
and, and we start trading. And you hit me with a good jab, and I hit you back with a good jab. And then we start exchanging. Let's, fair, let, let's say it's even. Does that make sense? Uh, you know, yes, it does make sense because I have been teaching you for X amount of years, mm. and now you become stronger a bit. That way, that's my job. Yeah. My student is to become stronger. You know, that's, that's the ultimate compliment. Now, uh, when it comes to respect between teachers and students, is, hey, I am 10 years, 20 years younger than my teacher, for example. Yeah. And now, I'm going to beat him. All the students need to remind is, yeah, I'm only going to be able to do this because he had taught me anything that he knows. Mm. And that is, you know, at the end of the day, uh, th that's what you want. So I, uh, because I, I'm going to get this as validation now. So if the next time Pax bars me and he beats me up, it's because I've taught him, yeah? <laughs> well, yeah, that, and it's because it's, it's a lot better than you as well. What? You gotta uh, understand, you fight great, but I'm a great fighter. <laughs> Almost everything. <laughs> no, don't say that. He's no, not gonna fit out the door now. Jesus, smiling. No, like Hawks, no, no, uh, Maestro, Maestro, Hawks, Hawks will still have me. It, like we say, we always say it will be, it will be a good fight. It's not gonna be easy, but Hawks, Hawks will do it. Hawks will do it. It's, a, it's only because I'm getting taught by the Maestro, and I've got these little tricks up my sleeve. <laughs> They said, I have seen you guys sparring. I have seen you guys sparring. And I, I, I have to give uh, Harsh a lot of props because, uh, Park, you're a fucking monster. I mean, you're big, you're strong, and you're fast as well. And thank you, thank you. you. Me, and you got skills. You know, and whenever he's going against you, always fucking marching you up. But I tell you what, Parks, if there is one that can stand up with you, it's Park. Oh, I know that. If I, what you want to have, it, that's camaraderie. You know, you, you guys are part of the same team. Oh, yeah, and what you have, you're building somebody to be as good as you are, and maybe one day even stronger than you are, mm. but he's always going to have your back. Of course. Which is all, it's whatever... It's what you always done with me. You always had me on my, my back. Always, always. And I think that's what's kind of made us decide in terms of doing the podcast, including Titch as well. I mean, you know, in terms of the three of us and the relationship that we've got is these two show me no end of respect in terms of, you know, my ability to teach them. But, you know, I have to give credit where credit's due. That I get that from you. So, um, you know, in terms of the, the elements of passing down the torch, etc., that's exactly what's happening. And, you know, it forms relationships you know students become friends friends become brothers and all the rest of it and you know i'll always have you back you know that evolve, evolve, evolve. 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 Evolve.